lady. It's a rule I learned in school. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is October the 3rd. Yes, 3 October. And we are having a fundraising marathon, in case you hadn't noticed. This stuff drives me up the wall. I'm a patient soul, though. I try to be sensible. Uh, I have a premium that I'm going to tell you about. And then, in order to give you a little peace, I'll read to you from the premium. Uh, let's see. It's a book called Women on War, an International Anthology of Writings, from Antiquity to the Present, edited and with an introduction by Daniela Josefa, G-I-O-S-E-F-F-I. Now, I've been, I've been walking around with this book for months and months, and I've pretty well digested the whole thing. Uh, I think that most of you know by now that, uh, Women get depressed when they talk about wars. Yes, all wars are the same war. Uh, the first poem in this book is by a woman who lived uh, 2,300 years before Christ, uh, in which she says, you know, that they're spreading poison and making wars. And I was thinking last night, well, I listened to some of the news about this recent outbreak of femicide, uh, that this, what is it, this is not so much, what is it, it's not what most people think of as a war. It's some kind of human, human need to self-destruct. I looked up my Carl Jung, and I looked up all the stuff I used to read on KPFA about, uh, the dread of the feminine, the dread of of uh, uh, compassion and death. Yes, it's funny. I I haven't quite figured it out, but I think what is that? As soon as you see it, then that's all you see. Uh, this book is filled with the works of Cassandras over the ages. Uh, think of Edna Saint Vincent Millay's sonnet series. Uh, Epitaph for the Race of Man, in which she sheds a few tears over our species and, you know, says that our time uh, is up. And I wonder, uh, I don't know if I buy that. The truth is that none of us know. We just don't know. I think the, the consensus is that if we had any sense, that if we had any uh, sanity, you know, we would act as if we were going to survive and uh, just get on with things. I mean, what is it? Someone said the other day, she said she was so old that she had no choice but to be optimistic. I take her point, yes. This international anthology of writing from antiquity to the present comes to us from the feminist press and it's a very good book. It's a $20 book, and there's much praise all over the back, yes. Uh, uh, Blanche Wiesen Cook, the author of Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, writes a great deal here. Let's see. 
let me tell you just a little bit in case you want to phone in and get this book as a premium for a $60 subscription to KPFA. You know that's 1-800-HEY-KPFA, H-E-Y, KPFA, or 1-800-439-5732. Or if you live close by in the 510 area code, it's 510-848-KPFA, 510-848-5732. Now, let's see. The Feminist Press is a non-profit corporation. I put this on my shelf along with this that wonderful book about uh, uh, women and religion. Yes, no gods, no masters. Love it. Uh, let's see. We have everybody in here, you know, uh, everybody from uh, the Sumerian poet prophet that I spoke of first, her lament, of course, uh, and we have Emma Goldman, Rosa Luxemburg, Edna St. Vincent Millay, O Earth, Unhappy Planet, Born to Die. Now, I would, I would, I would correct Edna Millay, I would say that the planet isn't going to die, uh, uh, there will be peace on earth one day, whether or not we're around to enjoy it. Uh, that's another story. I think of those bird brain characters they call dinosaurs. A hundred and fifty million years, was it, or more? They survived on this planet. Uh, they can't, well, there's some of them still surviving as birds. They evolved. I guess the bird is pretty much the ultimate, uh, creature, critter bird brain, my arse. Uh, anyway, we have, let's see, Martha Gellhorn, you remember, she was married to Hemingway and she was a terrific journalist. The Face of War. Gwendolyn Brooks, African-American poet. Uh, and many, 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 uh, let's see, women from Cuba, from South America. Grace Paley, I know. Mm-hmm. The difference between men and women. Oh, dear. I decided last night that I wouldn't discuss that. Uh, no matter what I say, I will, if I point out that it is mostly men who do the killing, I'll get a telephone call telling me that women are killers, too. I looked it up, and the statistics say that when it comes to homicide, it's about 85% uh, male murderers and 15% female that's about it. Uh, something to do with the testosterone, I guess. We're just biological units, folks. Uh, this orgy of femicide, these girls, little girls, Amish, for God's sake. Uh, it's what? It's enough to make you wonder, you know, whether or not there is such a thing as progress in the world. Was it Mort Saul used to say he put a little list inside his helmet when he was at war. Remind him of the reasons why he was doing what he was doing, yes. And uh, I thought about that, and I thought, well, yes, because we're fighting for progress, that's supposed to be my reason. I looked in the back of uh, Harper's this morning, and I found something listed there under findings. They always have these oddball, oddball uh, statistics, yes. You know, findings like... Uh, uh, 
Yes, men with lower voices are preferred for brief affairs. Oh, tell me about it. Let's see. Mm-hmm. No, here's the best one, folks. Now, I ask you to consider carefully and give it second thoughts whether or not this is an indication of progress. A study found that fat people worldwide now outnumber starving people. You got that? <laughs> Personally, I guess I'd rather be fat than starving. Yes, a study found that fat people worldwide now outnumber starving people. As my old history professor used to tell me when I was a college girl, he would say, well, more eat than starve, my dear, more eat than starve. Ah, my, let's see. Writers, writers in this book, Women on War, writers from Poland, writers from East Germany, Canada, most from USA, Adrian Rich from Dark Fields of the Republic, uh, Helen Caldicott, of course, The New Nuclear Danger. Margaret Atwood wrote a beautiful piece in this book called Bread. It's a metaphor. Um, <laughs> there's still some folks who think metaphorically, and she tries to explain uh, what it is that a human being needs to survive. Uh, there's Barbara Ehrenreich, of course, from her book Blood Rights, The Religion of War. Uh, footnote here. I was thinking this book would be a marvelous uh, textbook for uh, students, especially today when there is a uh, kind of knee-jerk reaction to anything that is considered feminist. This book is obviously an anti-war book, so you wouldn't have to worry about that uh, stigma uh, of it being feminist. Yes, I remember uh, thinking of the horrors of the last day or two that I used to say uh, on KPFA that uh, femicide is not a hygiene spray. I thought that was a wise crack, but I see now that it's still true. Uh, the fact that uh, women are targeted uh, just doesn't seem to register. I, I thought to myself, imagine if we turned on the TV... And we saw women, um, women with children like these guys, uh, right. And they had gone into a school and taken a bunch of hostages and let the girls go free and taken the boys in and lined them up against the blackboard and blown their heads off. And I wondered, I kept thinking, has that happened? I'm sure it has. I was trying to think if I could find an example so I could bring it in and read it to you so as to reassure people that, yes, women are just as capable of being cruel as men. Perhaps uh, perhaps they have more skills in that uh, area. At the same time, I can't help but feeling in my heart that they think of it as waste. Uh, it isn't that they are better people. It's just that they... Uh, they don't have that kind of emotional um, makeup. The hormones are different. Uh, let's see. Ground Zero in Hiroshima is a terrific story here. Yes, Ground Zero we all now associate with New York. Uh, 
Okay, there's stuff from El Salvador. Uh, there's stuff about sex and death in the rational world uh, of defense intellectuals. Oh, oh, yes, indeed. Rational world. I remember I had a terrible time as an English teacher trying to get my students to dig a little deeper into the words. And I remember we used the sentence that man, meaning mankind, man is a reasoning but not a reasonable animal. Uh, I put that one next to Gertrude Stein's wonderful line, she said, uh, about writing, about thinking. She said uh, that it was not the same thing to be excited as to be exciting. Most uh, writers and thinkers just get excited and then we get bored with them. Uh, let's see, we have bioterror from India. Misogynies crawling from the wreckage. Serbian perspectives on women in conflict. Barbara King Solver's piece, A Pure High Note of Anguish. Uh, this is a year's worth of reading, folks. Uh, I mean, references for those of us who are uh, teachers and who need something to back up our arguments. Uh, let's see. Why missile defense will not make us safer. Arundhati Roy's uh, essay, The Algebra of Infinite Justice. Uh, Okay, um, essays from China, from Arabia, from Italy, from Russia. Anna Akhmatova, the great poet. Um, <laughs> Louisa May Alcott, that would be the author of Little Women. You remember her. She writes hospital sketches here. That would be the American Civil War. Uncivil War, right. There's Simone de Beauvoir. All said and done, there's Marguerite Duras, one of my most favorite neurotic writers. <laughs> the French writer Marguerite Duras, you remember her uh, fascinating script for the film Hiroshima Mon Amour, a movie that uh, changed my life in the 1950s. Her piece here is called The War. And it gives a lot of details, <laughs> the facts, right, the facts. Ah, the son of man, face lost in the wilderness, my goodness. Doris Lessing, the wind blows away our words. Southern Rhodesia, Doris Lessing wrote that. Death in slow motion, the star obscure, my goodness. Um, I think... It's necessary for most of us, you know, to take these things one at a time. For radio, I like to particularize. Uh, uh, camp notes, yes. Uh, that's the one about the Japanese uh, internment camps in America during World War II. K, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Vietnam... Japan, hellish years after hellish days, Vietnam, famine. Oh, the Philippines, uh, Maria Rosa Henson from Comfort Woman. You remember the Comfort Women? Um, women who were uh, made sex slaves. 
This was to comfort the soldiers. Yes, recreation for the warrior, someone called it. <laughs> the Armenians. An Armenian looking at news photos of the Cambodian death watch. Now, that's fascinating. Uh, enemy armies passing through. Okay. The Mariana Islands. Colonization of Pacific Islands. Oh, this stuff goes on and on. Tibet. Turkey, Ireland, June Jordan's The Bombing of Baghdad. Uh, let's see, The Price of Freedom. Don't speak the language of the enemy. Yes, remember that. Trying to steal the subject. Trying to speak of peace instead of arguing about war. Uh, Okay, Ghana, Trinidad, Cuba, South Africa, Israel, uh, to one in Beirut. Okay, the blood of others, morning in the park. Okay, more from Israel, Russia, Bosnia, Herzegovina, uh, more from India, Zimbabwe, Rwanda. Oh God, that one was more than I could handle. Uh, Courage and resistance, okay? This is more and more pages of uh, essays. Uh, Olive Schreiner from South Africa. Women and labor. Okay, yes, these are the optimistic essays. South Africa, Great Britain, Mexico. Nadine Gordimer. Uh, the great Nadine Gordimer from South Africa. She has an essay called The Artist's Rebellious Integrity. Muriel Rukhauser writes about Kathy Colwitz, Maya Angelou, and Still I Rise, Margaret Randall, memory says yes, and one of my all-time favorites, Toni Morrison's book, Sula. They use the section from Sula about Shadrach, uh, the character in Sula, who goes mad in World War II and establishes something called National Suicide Day so that he can, you know, have a ritual. Everyone can come out and kill themselves on National Suicide Day. He goes through town ringing a bell, you know. As soon as we get things ritualized, we can handle them. Uh, okay, nuclear bomb testing on human guinea pigs. Um... Let's see, Antigone, the House of the Spirits, the Hour of Truth, uh, Ruth Rosen, a local writer, Blind, Unpredictable Terror, Carolyn Forche, the one who wrote that incredible poem, The Colonel, you know, the one about the uh, uh, dried human ears, I remember that poem, the poem in this collection is called Return. And uh, more from Israel, from Cambodia, from France, more from Afghanistan, Iran. This book is only $20, folks, and you can get it for a membership in KPFA. That's 1-800-439-5732. Or locally, 5 and Dime area code 848 5732. Let's see. Yugoslavia. We are all women in black. 
Hope and survival. Sappho write to an army wife. Sappho's writing to an army wife. Greece, yes. 610 before the Common Era. Back in the uh, Civil War, Jane Adams, peace and bread in time of war. Saying yes to the earth. All these good things here. Okay. Uh, Petra Kelly from West Germany. You remember her, Women and Ecology. We used to say that we wanted to become eco-warriors instead of ego-warriors. Change the ego, E-G-O, to eco-eco-warriors. And maybe we'd have something right. Uh, Songs of Hope from Nicaragua, uh, Kosovo, um, a beautiful poem called A Time of Cannons Comes Fly- Flying from Costa Rica. That's by Anna Estaru, I-S-T-A-R-U. Uh, okay, more from China, Puerto Rico, Romania, Austria. Still alive, a Holocaust girlhood remembered. The Spoils of War uh, from Iraq. Then there's a wonderful piece by Robin Morgan. He's an American writer and feminist. Letter from Ground Zero, Ghosts and Echoes. That's about uh, her feelings uh, after the 9-11 tragedy. Uh, let's see. Holding the line at Greenham Common, being joyously political in dangerous times. That's by Anna Snittow. And then Alice Walker uh, includes an incredible piece, uh, a, a curse, which I thought of reading, but I'm afraid of it because I don't want to curse the men who have done these things. Uh, she writes of Zora Neale Hurston having found this curse, and of course the conclusion of her essay is that only only justice can stop the curse. Okay, more by uh, Women in Cuba on Black Women, Letter to an Iraqi Woman. Okay, this goes on and on and on. Nina Cassian on a Japanese beach. Oh, Meridella Sur, that wonderful woman who said, Of course we don't win. We just change the world. Eleanor Roosevelt in defense of the United Nations. Denise Levertov making peace. Let me see. I want to jump right in here and... uh read to you something from a wonderful piece. It's it's the sort of thing that uh, gets to me because I have these feelings that it's too overwhelming, it's too, too much for someone uh, who lives an ordinary life here in the West. Uh, it's about a woman who is uncertain or ashamed, she's buying a dress. She's in the middle of a war, and she doesn't think she has the right to buy a dress, but she's hanging on to this purchase as her only hope of staying sane and alive. Uh, Now, her name, the writer's name, is Daisy Al-Amir. Daisy Al-Amir, A-L hyphen A-M-I-R. She's my age. She's one of the more visible figures in women's fiction in the Arab world. 
she enjoys a unique place in contemporary Islamic literature and gender studies. Her recent stories reflect women's experiences uh, in the chaotic worlds of the Lebanese Civil War and Saddam Hussein's Iraq. They shed light on an unusual Middle East refugee experience, that of a cultural refugee, a divorced woman who is educated, affluent, and alone. She's a poet and novelist. Her sensual prose grows out of a long tradition of Iraqi poetry, but one also finds existential themes in her work. Let's see. Everything seems arbitrary in the turbulent world she inhabits. Okay, here's Daisy's um, essay. I'll read you what I have time for. Actually, I'm running out of time. My goodness. We do, Jennifer. How we, are you? Yes. It's about a woman trying to buy a dress, for goodness sakes, and she has, <laughs> she right. can't do it in the middle of the war, you know. It's like I keep thinking we cannot go on with our ordinary lives, and we have to raise money to keep the store open here. Exactly, and you can do that. You can keep our store open here, also the literature open here, if you call in and pledge your support for KPFA at one 800 439 5732 and support the the books that uh well Jennifer Stone and the books that she brings to you on a weekly basis here on 94.1 KPFA. This is the first day of our fall fund drive. We're excited about the special programming that we have for you. And when I say special programming that we have for you, I mean year round. And that's uh crucial when we think of what is uh what is happening around the world when uh we think of how war impacts so much of our lives and who better to write about it than women. These uh, luminaries that are gathered here in this wonderful collection that is yours for the asking if you call now, if you pledge your support for KPFA at 1-800-439-5732 and you get to take this book as a thank you gift. We only have eight left, I believe. So if you are really interested in this, this has been edited and collected by uh, Daniela uh, Josephi, and I hope I'm doing her justice. Mm-hmm. And it's just great. Uh, from Margaret Atwood to Daisy Samora from Nicaragua, Simone de Beauvoir, uh, Virginia Woolf, many, many wonderful women writers that are talking about the most tragic and powerful experience that we know, is which a, is war. The collection is Women on War, and as you know, uh, uh, <laughs> An anti-war position is usually what women claim. Yes, the writings of more than 150 women are in this collection. I don't think uh, any teacher should be without it. It goes all the way from Sappho to Alice Walker to Toni Morrison, Doris Lessing. They're all in here, folks. I, I hope you will find it in your heart to call in today because the truth is... Uh, we don't have time most of the time to reflect. The public affairs are overwhelming. The daily horrors uh, are so stifling. They just, I can't quite get to sleep. What is it? History is a nightmare from which we're trying to awaken. I need to look back. I need to look at some history and try to get a feeling for what is that? The, the big picture, whatever that is. Yes, the big picture. And it is only women who can tell us, uh, you know, 
what our lives could be or should be uh, if things changed. Uh, let's see, this edition, oh, this thing has been published a lot of times. It's from the Feminist Press, comes out of CUNY City University of New York. This is a brilliant assemblage of women writers, uh, our unique perspective on war. I don't see anything unique about it. Uh, there was a woman not too long ago standing out in front of the UN just screaming. I, I felt that that was the appropriate behavior. As I say, my feeling is that, uh, I'm like, uh, one of those women in a Greek chorus standing out on the steps hollering, you know, hubris, hubris, uh, overweening arrogance and pride, oh ye, um, idiotic, um, Leaders of the world, the Constitution is burning this week, and right. nobody seems to be. You know, I kind of thought maybe we should paint ourselves blue and head for Washington, but uh, well, blue doesn't work really well for the radio right now. What no. we really need to do is yell and uh, and scream. And uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We don't need to yell and scream. We need to appeal to you, the listener, who tunes in every Tuesday to listen to Jennifer Stone, and with her uh, with her insight, with her commentary on the lit, uh, the the literary world this is what you get every tuesday this is what we're asking you to support right now we've got four people on the line many thanks to to those four folks that have called in i'm not sure if we still have books left but you could still find out we could try to get more that's something you can uh, talk to with the phone volunteers we're running out of time here i want to take a moment to thank lydia blanchard from santa cruz thank you so much for calling one eight hundred Four three nine five seven three two. Mary Reagan, thank you so much for your pledge. Susan Worth, thank you so much again for calling one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. Cynthia Johnson from Kensington, thank you so much for pledging your support. You could join them right now. Get in one eight hundred. Four three nine five seven three two. We're going to be out of here. Stay with us as we continue bringing you great programming. And um, unfortunately, I have to report that all the books are gone. 